Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into Phantoms in the Brain, a fascinating exploration of the brain's intricate structure and its profound impact on our perception of reality. Written by the esteemed Dr. V. S. Ramachandran, a pioneering neuroscientist and professor at the University of California, San Diego, along with the experienced science writer, Sandra Blakesley, this book offers a collection of rare neurological case studies that unfold like mysteries, revealing the brain's complexity. Phantoms in the Brain is celebrated for introducing readers to the concept of mirror therapy, an innovative treatment for amputees experiencing phantom limb pain, developed by Ramachandran. Each chapter, rooted in Ramachandran's clinical experience, provides stunning insights into the depths of human consciousness and tackles profound philosophical questions regarding self and existence. This illuminating text is perfect for enthusiasts of extraordinary tales and anyone eager to obtain an accessible understanding of neurology. It's also an essential read for those curious about the inner workings of the mind. Whether you are a perennial learner or simply fascinated by the wonders of the human brain, Phantoms in the Brain promises to captivate and educate, offering new perspectives on the universe inside our heads. Phantoms in the Brain Probing the Mysteries of the Human Mind Introduction Explore the mysterious workings of the human mind. Imagine encountering someone who sees cartoon characters as clear as day, another whose own limb operates with a mind of its own, and yet another who can't help but succumb to fits of inexplicable laughter. You might wander into thinking these curious individuals stepped out of a fantastical novel, yet their stories are very much rooted in reality. These are people with brains that have been altered by injury, offering a unique window into the everyday operations of the brain. Neurologists are drawn not to the oddity of these cases, but to their instructive power. Each unusual brain provides invaluable insights into the mechanisms that govern our typical mental functions. As we unpack these stories, we delve not into a realm of fiction or fantasy, but into the intricate blueprint of the human experience. We will be uncovering the secrets to how our brains shape perception, consciousness, and the cores of our identity. Throughout this exploration, you'll encounter an admiral's personal battle that reveals insights into the spiritual aspects of the mind, a brain region that might just be the hotline to divine conversations, and an utterly simple yet profound method that could turn your hair the purest of whites, albeit metaphorically. Prepare to be astonished by the profound capabilities and enigmas of the brain arguably the most complex organ in the universe, sitting right within our heads. Part 1. Decoding the brain through its misfires and miracles. Picture this. A helmet that seems like something out of a futuristic movie, wires sprawling like a nest of smart serpents, each ready to zap into your brain's intricate circuitry. This isn't a flight of fancy or a prop from a high-budget sci-fi flick, it is the transcranial magnetic stimulator, an ingenious device that can activate specific enclaves of neurons with pinpoint accuracy. Now imagine you're wearing this helmet, 
what would you choose to awaken in the vast universe of your brain? Perhaps you'd electrify the motor cortex and feel the involuntary ballet of muscle twitches. Or maybe you'd tap into the bliss-filled realm of the septum, launching yourself into a state of ecstasy beyond any known delight. If you're navigating the world without sight, a jolt to the visual cortex would let you touch what color means to the seeing. Here's the crux. Neurological disorders reveal the unique role of each brain part. Each cerebral territory has its distinct function, much like countries on a world map. For instance, we've learned that the left and right hemispheres, mirror images in structure, are worlds apart in their specialties. The left hemisphere acts as the maestro of language, orchestrating both our grasp of meaning and our symphony of speech. On the flip side, the right hemisphere is not as well versed but shines in the subtleties of language, the brush strokes that paint metaphor and innuendo. Many revelations about brain functions surfaced only in the wake of misfortune or malfunctions. Take, for instance, the vital hippocampus, named for its seahorse silhouette. It holds the keys to memory's gateway. We discerned its importance when, in a desperate bid to curb epilepsy, surgeons removed it, only to discover that the patient could no longer mint new memories while all past remembrances remained intact. The incident was tragic, yet illuminated the path of understanding and instilled a newfound reverence for the hippocampus among medical professionals. Needless to say, methodologies that inflict irreversible damage are far from the ethical boundaries of research. This is where the magic of neurology shines. By studying the peculiarities and accidents within neurological disorders, scientists embark on expeditions through these unique brains. In doing so, they unravel the functions of various regions without ever having to wield a scalpel. Part 2 The Haunting Phenomenon of Phantom Limbs Picture John, once a dynamic athlete, now one arm short following a devastating car crash. Yet, the arm he lost seems to defy reality. He feels it wave, clench, and reach out to grasp objects that aren't really there. When someone tries to interact with his invisible hand, he feels genuine pain. This is no trick of the mind. This is the enigmatic condition known as phantom limb syndrome. Phantom limbs linger like specters from a bygone era, lingering long after the physical form has departed. This syndrome doesn't limit itself to limbs. It extends to phantom sensations across a range of lost body parts. At the heart of this phenomenon is a discord. Phantom limb syndrome is caused by a misalignment between our internal body image and the physical body. Lord Nelson, a storied admiral, once insisted that his persisting phantom arm was undeniable proof of the soul's existence. If an unseen arm could endure the loss of its corporeal twin, why couldn't the spirit outlast the body? Nelson's assertion touches upon a startling truth. Our internal sense of our body's form can exist independently from the tangible flesh and bones. Most people never question the alignment between their body image and their physical form. But phantom limbs reveal the divergence. Our phantoms are born from the brain, not a soul that outlives our physical demise. The motor cortex, a neural tapestry sprawled across the frontal lobe, orchestrates movement by reaching out to muscles across the body with tendrils of impulses. 
It's here that a map of the body is etched in fine detail, albeit inverted. Thanks to the marvels of magnetic resonance imaging, we've peeked at this map's intricate design. So why do phantom limbs haunt us? It's because those brain regions dedicated to the lost appendage continue to call out to it, failing to recognize its absence. The phantom is the brain's stubborn belief in a limb that no longer exists, its signals firing into a void where flesh once was. It's a case where the map within us no longer lines up with the territory of the body, and in that rift, the phantom limb emerges, both a marvel and a mystery of the brain's inner workings. Part 3. The Hidden Layers of Our Perception Ellen's world had transformed into an unbalanced canvas after her hospital stay. Her appearance was strikingly asymmetrical, hair neatly combed on one side, knotted on the other, half her face adorned with makeup, the other bare. This was hemi-neglect in action, a condition where one's awareness of one side, typically the left, crumbles into oblivion. This wasn't a problem of vision. Rather, it was as if Ellen's mind had entirely erased the concept of leftness from existence. Such phenomena unravel a profound truth. Perception involves many different processes, and not all are deliberate or conscious. Let's unfurl the mystery behind Ellen's experience. Cases like hers point us toward the right parietal lobe, a crucial player in the theatre of perception. The intricate workings of perception scatter across numerous brain regions, around 30, but the script of their roles largely remains undeciphered. Often, it's only in malfunction that the function is revealed. Consider a Swiss patient whose ability to perceive movement was lost due to damage in the brain's middle temporal area, seeing life as a choppy slideshow of static images rather than a smooth motion picture. But what of Ellen and her searchlight of attention that seemed to skip over half of her surroundings? While her direct gaze and conscious attention had a blind spot, other stages of perception kept bustling behind the curtain. Given an image of a burning house where flames licked only the left side, Ellen, along with others with hemi-neglect, would intuitively reject it as a place to call home, without understanding why. This teaches us a remarkable lesson. Many cogs in the wheel of perception turn without ever signaling to our conscious mind. Seeing extends beyond our conscious awareness, with our brains responding and processing information that we're not always privy to. It's a realization that our perception is not just a single beam of light illuminating our path, but a complex lattice of light and shadow with some strands forever veiled from our conscious sight. Part 4. Altered Realities and the logic behind delusions. Arthur, once a bright-eyed student, experienced a life-changing moment when a car crash led to a serious head injury and a long coma. Post-recovery, he astoundingly regained most of his abilities. Yet something peculiar lingered. He firmly believed that his parents were cunning doubles, imposters wearing familiar faces. Despite the resounding evidence of their authenticity, no one could sway Arthur from this belief. This is the essence of Capgras syndrome, a delusion where loved ones become strangers in the sufferer's eyes. Not limited to people, this condition can extend to animals or objects, leading to bizarre and sometimes tragic outcomes. Here lies a vital insight. 
What we label as delusions can be perfectly logical within a patient's transformed reality. From a neurological standpoint, dismissing these experiences as irrational doesn't crack the code of their underlying causes. Instead, the aim is to understand the brain's rewiring that makes such beliefs seem completely reasonable to the patient. A trail of clues has been picked up through measuring changes in galvanic skin response, a telltale sign of emotional recognition when individuals are presented with familiar faces. Those with Capgras syndrome show an unnerving stillness in their physiological reaction. It's as if the emotional conductor, the limbic system, fails to orchestrate any feeling of recognition. This void of emotional familiarity might be a crucial factor in identification. When Arthur gazes upon his mother and his heart remains unmoved, his brain resolves that contradiction in the only way it seems logical. She must be an imposter. The emotional disconnect creates a reality where the most plausible explanation is a duplicate. Likely this is how such delusions cement themselves in place, born from a reality where the brain's emotional compass no longer points to the truth. In Arthur's world, Devoid of the usual emotional signals confirming the presence of a loved one, it was entirely rational to deduce that the person before him was not, in fact, his true parent, but a convincing facsimile. Part 5. The Brain's Own Narrative When delusions are not just the mind playing tricks. Mrs. Dodd's frustration was evident to her doctors. Her insistence that her left arm was fully functional clashed with the harsh truth. A stroke in the right hemisphere of her brain had left that side of her body paralyzed. But there she was, convinced of her ability to move and utterly nonchalant about her immobility. What Mrs. Dodd experienced was anosognosia, an obliviousness to one's own medical condition. This leads to an important discovery. Many delusions spring from neurological roots, not just psychological ones. Might Mrs. Dodd merely be in denial? After all, denial is a well-known psychological defense mechanism, a barrier shielding the mind from the unbearable pain of accepting traumatic truths. Sometimes, psychological explanations do apply. Consider the patient who, upon learning he had incurable brain cancer, fixated not on his fatal diagnosis but on an insignificant blister. Such behavior seems to scream psychological avoidance. Yet, the case for a neurological basis for denial has grown stronger, particularly with conditions as pronounced as anosognosia. Almost without exception, these patients have sustained damage to their brain's right side. Strikingly, their opposites, those with left brain strokes, can become excessively distressed about their condition. The implications are vast. If what we often perceive as psychological issues are deeply rooted in neurology, our approach to therapy may need a radical overhaul. Traditional talk therapy, designed to navigate emotional landscapes, might prove ineffective against the tangible terrain of brain damage. Looking forward, we might find that our brains are not just organs of thought and feeling, but are also the authors of their own unique, sometimes misleading, narratives. Recognizing the neurological basis of many psychological symptoms could lead us to more effectively tailor our treatments, potentially sparing patients the endless and potentially fruitless hours on the therapist's couch. Part 6. 
the brain's divine encounters, and the science of spirituality. Sometimes, the twists of fate that arise from neurological variations can lead to life-altering experiences. Consider Paul, an assistant manager at a thrift store with a passion for divine dialogue. He claims his intimate conversations with God began in the turbulence of his adolescent years, coinciding with the onset of his epileptic seizures. During these episodes, Paul described being enveloped by a luminous aura, a wave of tranquility, and a profound connection with a higher power. For him, these moments of rapture proved so intense that earthly pleasures, even sexual intimacy, seemed dull by comparison. This unfolds a captivating facet of the human experience. The human brain has an innate propensity for spiritual experiences. When we talk about seizures, the image that often comes to mind is the grand mal seizure, full-body spasms, a person collapsing, shaking uncontrollably. Yet beyond this dramatic manifestation lies a subtler form of seizures that resonate with our emotions. Should this electrical unrest stir within the limbic system, it can evoke emotional tempests from the depths of euphoria to the abyss of despair. But there is another dimension to these experiences. Patients like Paul report moments laden with spiritual significance. They recount encounters with a transcendent entity and an indescribable sense of unity with the universe itself. The question of whether such experiences signify actual communion with the divine is one laden with philosophical implications not easily answered by science. However, the intriguing aspect is this. Our brains house networks that, once ignited, can produce extraordinary spiritual phenomena. Does the human brain possess unique wiring, evolved specifically for the mystical, much like our circuits for language or color perception? Perhaps our ancestors walked paths where spiritual experiences offered some evolutionary bounty? Or maybe these profound moments are unexpected gifts from the labyrinth of the mind? While we cannot say for certain whether the brain's spiritual faculties are an intentional design or a fortuitous happenstance, what we can say is that the frontier between spiritual inquiry and scientific exploration is beginning to blur. The quest for understanding the divine, once solely in the domain of religion, is now increasingly a subject of scientific fascination and research. Part 7. Laughter's Brain-Based Roots and Its Evolutionary Backstory Grief-stricken Willie stood graveside, clad in the somber attire befitting his mother's funeral. As the service unfolded with due reverence, he responded with the deep emotion one would expect on such an occasion. Yet, as the coffin of his beloved mother descended into its final resting place, Willie's reaction took an unexpected turn. A chorus of laughter, which started as a stifled chuckle, grew uncontrollably into convulsive, uproarious laughter. Despite his frantic efforts to suppress it, his body shook with gaiety under the bewildered gaze of the mourners. This surprising episode underscores an important finding. Even laughter, with all its rich cultural tapestries, stems from dedicated networks within the brain. Willie's unbidden burst of laughter was no casual phenomenon. It was a direct consequence of activity within the limbic system, the brain's central hub for emotional orchestration. Such episodes of involuntary laughter are indeed rare, but their emergence typically ties back to anomalies within this system. 
The exact biological trigger for Willie's overwhelming response remains elusive. Was it the traumatic trigger of his mother's death? To get to the heart of it, we need to dig into the origins of this peculiar vocal expression, laughter. Evolutionary psychologists muse that laughter perhaps emerged as prehistoric group signaling to indicate that a perceived threat was a mere bluff, a harmless shadow. It served as a universal, non-verbal cue to collective relief. Much like an all-clear siren, laughter told our ancestors, stand down, the danger is illusory. However, this ancient interpretation only scrapes the surface of laughter's contemporary canvas. It's plausible that once the foundation for laughter was established, it branched out into the myriad emotional and social nuances it encapsulates today. This notion of repurposing is a common evolutionary trend. Consider how feathers, which initially aided in temperature regulation, became instruments of flight in birds. Laughter potentially followed a similar evolutionary trajectory. From a simple signal to ease collective tension, it evolved into a multifaceted tool employed in scenarios extending from camaraderie to coping with the taboo. Through this lens, Willie's inexplicable fit of laughter might be seen as his internal all-is-well alarm sounding off, a primal attempt to mitigate intense pain with mirth, an emotional circuitry overrun in the face of profound loss. Part 8. Mind over Matter. The untapped potential of the mind-body link in medicine. In 1932, Mary Knight, heavy with the signs of impending motherhood, but having delayed medical consultation due to financial constraints, finally sought Dr. Monroe's expertise as her pregnancy neared its full term. All the classic symptoms were there, swelling, lactation, the cessation of menstruation, but the absence of one little detail led to a startling revelation. There was no baby. This sheds light on a critical aspect. Western medicine needs to delve deeper into the mind-body connection. Mary's was a case of pseudocysis, an enigmatic condition where the body mimics pregnancy down to the minutest nuances, except for the crucial element. There's no fetus. This phenomenon raises intriguing questions about the potency of the mind to induce physical changes. The emergence of pseudocesis typically aligns with an intense yearning for, or fear of, pregnancy. The mind, in its powerful resolve, orchestrates a symphony of telltale bodily responses, further cementing the belief of a nascent life within. Such episodes call for a more profound contemplation of the mind-body relationship. If the brain can fabricate an entire pregnancy, what are the extents and implications of its influence? The annals of medical history are speckled with instances that point to a substantial, if enigmatic, mind-body rapport. From the sudden, fear-induced whitening of hair to the psychogenic manifestation of allergy symptoms in response to plastic flowers and even to the hypnotic erasure of warts. Skepticism has been the traditional response of Western medicine to such phenomena a healthy trait in scientific pursuits. But skepticism that veers towards bias can blind us to uncharted avenues of research that hold immense potential. The call to action is clear. It's time for the medical and scientific communities to approach the mind-body dynamic with an open mind and empirical rigor. 
This shift could unravel new insights into healing, emphasize the importance of psychological well-being in physical health, and potentially lead to revolutionary practices in medicine. The power of the mind over the body is vast, and it's time to explore this terrain with the curiosity and thoroughness it deserves. Final Summary At the heart of our being lies a fascinating organ, the brain, dictating how we perceive and navigate through the world around us. The seemingly steadfast elements of our environment, left and right, near and far, are, in reality, curated by the cerebral maestro within us. Through the lens of neurological nuances and aberrations, we've glimpsed how delicate the construction of our reality is. Simple orientations can become obscured, our innate connection to our physical self can seem severed, and the recognition of our closest kin can slip away, all due to subtle shifts within the brain's landscape. Moreover, our cerebral blueprint deeply influences aspects ranging from how we interact with others to how we connect with the universe at large. Spirituality and laughter, ingrained elements of human culture, emerge from complex neural networks, shaping experiences that transcend the individual and touch the essence of our collective humanity. In summary, our experience of life, as vivid and tangible as it feels, is a tapestry woven by the intricate threads of brain processes, painting a picture of reality that is both profound and personal. As we continue to uncover the brain's mysteries, we gain a deeper appreciation for its role in crafting the very fabric of our existence. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.